We have a young lady joining us tonight that has sung the national anthem many times over the years, mostly at Thunder on the Hill racing programs. So we welcome her back tonight to salute America with our national anthem. I have the pleasure of introducing to you once again, would you please welcome Chelsea Flack as she performs the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright I think we should levy <laughs> felony charges on anyone who sings the national anthem that slow and that bad. I was just going to say to the betters who had the over two minutes, uh, uh, they, they cashed out big God. time. So wait, what was what event is this? <laughs> the we, Freedom seventy six. You weren't there. What is that? Where is that? Is it's that a, a race? It's a seventy six lap uh, race at Grandview Speedway? Dirt race. Oh, okay. Modified right. race. Yeah. Um, found out through Hunter actually is that uh, that might be the last one ever. Yeah, it could it's be. It's up for sale. That's why that yeah. guy was crying and kissing the ground. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, an interesting way to start our show. Um, Evan at a dirt track race, and the the clip you just heard was the national anthem, but that wasn't <laughs> even. Uh, I would say the better of the clips uh, was the "God Bless America." From the mountain to the prairie to the ocean, white with foam, God bless America. My home, sweet home, from the mountains. 
mountain, to the prairie, to the ocean, white with foam. God bless America, a home sweet home. God bless America, I was actually impressed with him. Genuinely. I said that to my sister. She's like, he was awful. I was like, what would you expect some random guy in uh, Gilbertsville, Pennsylvania? Well, here's the thing is she. Yeah, I was close to you guys. (laughs) She was clearly not a random person. Yeah, she had she had a background like she had lore. That introduction tells me that Chelsea is that her name. I think so. That she's done this before once or twice. If you heard it, though. You'd think otherwise. Why the hell would we write such a complicated song uh, as song, our national anthem? The song is not that, complicated, not that complicated, is it? I don't feel like it's really that complicated. I will say it's hard to sing. It has a, it's a wide yeah, range. Sure. It's a big the first range. line is down an octave. Like start. You have to go all the way down depending on what key. And then like it, you really have to have the range to sing such a song. Let's just make it all instrumental. Let the instruments take it. <laughs> they have no problem. No it's words. just it, it's an amazing thing that we've written that song. And Francis Scott Key, hats off to you, buddy, because not everybody could. Right, not everybody could write a hit for two hundred and seventy years. Uh, and man, we love singing it, whether <laughs> we're good at it or not. That's okay. But ay, ay, ay. what an interesting tidbit, and I'm glad you. I was got say, the recording. The event, the event was great. I actually really enjoyed it, but that's just me as a car driver. But even Emily enjoyed it. We were picking people out like that's who we want to win this race because there's like mini races. Yeah, and Emily was, was ca- like like em- a uh, like a horse race kind. Yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I of course picked the one that was green and black. Nice, I liked that one. Go birds! Freaking won three races. He there won the go. cash grab one thousand. A little extra bonus cash for him. Do you bet on these things? No. Okay. No. Can you if yeah, you, you wanted can. to? Okay. No, you don't. But you do. Well, yeah. Well, we didn't. We didn't. Win. Yeah. It was a fifty-fifty that was up to like ten thousand dollars. Wow. How many people are at an event like this? I think there was probably between six and eight thousand people there. Oh. In the middle of Pennsylvania, like yeah, yeah, not a destination by any means. But no, not at all. Clearly, <laughs> drawing the crowds anyway. Oh boy. Uh, welcome in. This is episode seventy-five. Oh, just jumping right into it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> why not? After. Such a lovely introduction. I feel like we've gotten the... What's left to say? Let's get into it. <laughs> we've had the National Anthem already sung, so let's get Maybe right into it. we should start every episode with the National Anthem. <laughs> a different rendition of the National <laughs> Anthem. That's a really good idea. Oh, man. I, I really, truly think that... And I've said this a million times on several of the shows I've been on, but I think Fergie broke the National Anthem. In, in that... The, in Well... She did it at the NBA halftime, all-star NBA halftime. halftime. That changed the way I hear the national anthem. Yeah, that's valid. Because now, and like that version, fine version. But she, there was no ornaments. Ornament. There was some ornaments. <laughs> <Ornament. laughs> like ornamentals. Like there was no ornamentals to it. it you know, she didn't yeah. go up no at any point. Yeah, like no 
no uh, artistic <laughs> liberties taken. I don't know. I thought there was a... Whereas so Fergie... Not gone up or down, like for the harmony part, harmonizing part, but the little like... Eh. I don't know if that was ornamentation. Was or it, it was <laughs> her missing a note coming back. Or her struggling to get the I feel air like her to... artistic liberty with, with it was uh, just the slowest, slowest That was possible. her artistic liberty? It was uh, under tempo and just dragging. I mean, I w- if you listen to the Fergie one, there's not a line that goes by without some sort of... Embellishment Embellishment of some or, sort. yeah. Yeah. And also for people listening who think that we're being too harsh, the three of us are musicians. <laughs> So I, I feel like we have some leg to stand I, on with this. And I, oh, I couldn't sing it better, probably. I, I, I do want to preface, I know like, I, you guys are vocalists, I'm not. It's a but. difficult <laughs> song to sing, and that's yeah. why I said it. Like, I understand this girl's plight struggle <laughs> at the end. But it's just like, why do it then? If you can't sing it well, maybe don't. Well, now she has a reputation. She's she the does. national anthem girl, so oh. she's got to. She's locked herself in. How young do you think she first was? How Well, how old do you think I, she was? I... From where I was standing, she was like a little little person, but I couldn't see. I would say that she was probably in her twenties. Okay, so she's probably do, been doing it since like I'm gonna do a deep high dive school, on this girl. middle school, maybe like maybe the, she was like oh, the honey boo boo. Hold on, hold on. What's doing the national anthem. I don't know, but I I the whole the rate the stream of the whole thing is on YouTube somewhere. Hold no, on. that's okay. You should not do that right now. <laughs> you stay on message here. We'll leave the National Anthem talk to another day. <laughs> Please. Uh, we will pick up with the sports talk, because that is what we talk about mostly on this show, uh, with yet another retiree uh, and a retiree that is a legend in their respective sport, Roger Federer, mm. my personal favorite oh, I know. Um, tennis star, tennis legend, uh, I believe to be the greatest tennis player of all time. That obviously is left up to argument, but he called it quits this week uh, in a letter that he released in his social media channels, um, just thanking the sport of tennis, thanking everyone who's made his career, his 20-plus year career possible, um, and just kind of wrapping up what we figured to be the waning moments of his career. He's battled injury the last at least three years. Um, He's been through countless surgeries and things of that nature. But more importantly than all of that, he joins a long list of personal legends, like close to me, the people that I cheer for that called it quits in this calendar year. Um, Obviously, we had the Serena Williams news just, what, two weeks ago, last week, somewhere in there. Um, that she said she's going to transition out of tennis. We had Coach K uh, yeah. leave college basketball. So this was mm-hmm. his last year, his last Final Four and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we had the legend himself, Tom Brady, call it quits uh, and then obviously reverse that decision <laughs> thereafter. But uh, getting myself ready to hear the words, you know, everybody that I love is now leaving. <laughs> Which is the one that affects you the most? Um, I mean, Roger's a big one because I always, when he got hurt initially, yeah. I thought to myself, this is probably it. He's going to come back. He's going to win one more Wimbledon, which was always his favorite. He's won eight of those, which is a men's singles record. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that would be the tournament he's going to get healthy enough for. He'll wait, get that one, and then go. Um, so this one hurts. Coach K also was just... I, an amazing person. Mm-hmm. I, 
Like, so I guess who affects me the most? Probably Coach K. But when he goes, probably Greg Popovich would would do it for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Or Bill, I guess. Oh, actually, the yeah, coaches, it's going to be Bill. <laughs> the coaches get me, you yeah. know, just yeah. because they're, they have you the know, players come and go. Yeah. I get used to players coming and going, you know, ones I, you know, form a connection with, like Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, those mm-hmm. kinds of like players. But um, when the coach leaves, that the whole culture kind of goes with them. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next. But um, for Roger Federer in particular, like he is one of the most stoic athletes I think I've ever seen. And if you watch highlights of him in his younger career, he's obviously more um, excited and there's more emotion to it. But man, in his like later career when he's still winning, yeah. um, but you, you'd be hard pressed to find a pit fist bump after a good uh, after a good point or something like that. <laughs> um, and he's just yeah. And I know when Serena retired, he did like a long you know congratulations. You know you're one of the best. We kind of came into it together in the 90s, and now we're, you know, getting up in our years. And I thought to myself, okay, he's going to get himself ready for one more run, but obviously that wasn't to be. And um, I don't know if Serena Williams' decision has swayed him in any way, but. Did you see Nadal's response? I did not. Oh, read the tweet. All right. This is my favorite thing I think I've decided in light of the retirements, like the sportsmanship from competitors that has come out and the like. I've loved playing with you. That feeling, ugh, could make me cry. Uh, Roger or Rafa Nadal, um, who famously, I mean, the battles those two had. Yes. Because it was it was the stoic, strategic. Like uh, he, Roger Federer was one of the best strategic tennis players there was. Yeah. You know, he knew uh, how to beat you in every other way other than power uh, and things like that. And then on the other side, you have Nadal, who's kind of like. You know, he's just sporadic. He he is mm-hmm. an amazing tennis player, um, but just the two differences in the two players. But anyway, he says here, dear Roger, my friend and rival, I wish this day would have never come. It's a sad day for me personally and for sports around the world. It has been a pleasure, but also an honor and a privilege to share all of these years with you, living so many amazing moments on and off the court. We will have some many more moments to share together in the future. There are still lots of things to do together. We know that. Uh, for now, I truly wish you all the happiness with your wife, Mirka, uh, your kids, your family, and enjoy what's ahead of you. I'll see you in London because that is where the final event for Roger will be. Um, yeah, I, I wow, agree. That tickles me in the best way. Like That is the best feeling. It's you know, bitter rivals, but also wholehearted respect for somebody else. Yeah. I just read something that was like, they, they were never like enemies. Like it was really always just rivalry on the court and that's great. But they also understood that they were making history together in all of their matchups. Like it just, uh, and the best, what makes a great rivalry is (laughs) first of all, it has to be two sided. It can't just be one guy dominating another. Um, but it also is, this is the matchup we want to see. Yeah. You know, we want to see the best versus the best. We don't like having someone, you know, kind of coast to a championship or a, you know, a victory a la the Rams last year in the Super Bowl. But like, yep. we want to see them play the Bills. We want to see them, uh, you know, we want to see Roger Federer play Rafa Nadal or Djokovic um, in the final. We don't want some other guy slipping through. So those rivalries, it just, you know, it, it makes everything 
heightened, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving on <laughs> uh, from somebody who did call quits to somebody who didn't. I, I just read this headline this morning, and it's the reason I have to discuss it on the podcast. Um, Tom Brady, the person I just said retired and then unretired. A lot is happening in that guy's life right now. Mm. Just personally and professionally. Absolutely. Because not a single one of his receivers is without injury at this point. That injury uh, list was unbelievable. I mean, this every, week. Sk- every skill position had something. You know, running backs, Leonard Fournette was hurt. Uh, wide receivers, geez, Julio, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Russell Gage. I mean, you it name was straight it. Straight down. Yeah, it was the, basically the whole roster. <laughs> Everybody's hurt. <laughs> Uh, his left tackles hurt, but okay. So that's going on in the professional football side of things on the personal side of things. Did you see that it was reported this week? CNN that they've been living separately. Yeah. So Tom Brady and his and his longtime wife Giselle uh, living separately. I don't know what that means. Well, if it means like on the compound separately or in I read separate that she had, mansions. I read that she had left the compound like Two weeks ago, there were stories that she had left the compound and was living elsewhere. And just was living somewhere else. So still married, still together, still family, but living separately. Uh, It was reported this morning that Tom Brady will get every Wednesday for the rest of the NFL season off as a veteran rest day. Hmm. Is that unprecedented? I've never heard of it before. Okay. I mean, there's been a lot of old football players, but I've never heard of somebody just always getting a day off, uh, which is hilarious because the tagline for many of the Patriots Super Bowls uh, was no days off. So do your job. Do your job. Don't take off. No days off, <laughs> uh, except for Wednesday, which happens to be veteran rest day. This to me reeks of like Tom having to do some sort of personal life work balance. Does that, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. He's also old as sh- dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He is. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the veteran he rest did is not. not look spry in that first game. Genuinely. He did not look good. He didn't. It's just that the Cowboys stink. So well, he won. <laughs> that's true. That's and thank God for that. Uh, but no, I, I just think like Wednesday, also, if you have a Thursday night game, I don't know if the Bucks have any more Thursday night games, uh, but if you get Wednesdays off and Thursday's your game, that's tough. That is tough. You better be doing the work on Monday and, and Tuesday. Apparently, this is a thing that people do. It's not uncommon. I know, I know that... I've never heard of this. So I'm, there's an article about Drew Brees thinking they're stupid, but that other people have done it. I think Matt Stafford had them in 2019... What was he doing? I don't know. Trying to leave the Lions. Yeah. I'm just skimming. I'm skimming headlines here, so I'm not. I positive, know that but. some of the veteran defensive linemen for the Eagles don't do hit or padded practice on Wednesday, Wednesdays. They just do walkthroughs. Yeah, but, but this only is veterans. like I know. I know it's different, but not with the team on Wednesday. Mm. It just reeks of like, hey, I'm trying to get into like some sort of marriage counseling or oh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> The avocado went further on the mass Singer than I thought. I have to go record on Wednesday. Like, that's what I'm Masked thinking. Masked Singer, I can get behind. 
But not marriage counseling? No, I, I mean, that's always possible, sure. I mean, is this going to happen? Like, maybe, the other question maybe. we were having was he retired and unretired. And now we're hearing about marriage rifts. And the question was, were the marriage rifts happening before he announced coming back? Or did he come back because of said marital rifts? Mm. You know, chicken before the egg kind of question that yeah, no one's going to be able right? to answer except for these two. But an interesting point nonetheless. Certainly. Interesting. Uh, anything? No? <laughs> no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. About what? Tom Brady, man. Okay. Uh, I don't know. For a guy who loves the game that much, it seems weird. But we've, we're also in uncharted territory when it comes to age. Yeah. He might actually not be able to perform. <laughs> well, we're also in uncharted <laughs> territory in terms of the amount of leash that Tom Brady's getting. Like, True. God, if he missed 11 days in the Patriots preseason, he, he I mean, that's benchable for sure that's a benchable offense i've never heard of bill letting somebody have that much time away in such a critical time uh in a football team's season like right before the most important games you're gonna have a your most important player gone mm -hmm. for 11 days i don't know but the bucks seem okay with it and then they let him go well, he's the and now they're letting him go here and i'm like what the hell's happening maybe maybe he is a real like a real actual reason because i mean it is his job he does get personal days he does get pto he yeah, doesn't have to be on the clock season it's called the off season. season yeah do they actually i don't know how does that work i know granted nobody's had me? less off season in their career than tom brady because he's always deep run into the playoffs so he gets less off season than everyone else but that being said he's also played more football than anyone <laughs> likewise nobody's had more off season than odell beckham jr uh, have you seen this guy is he have any money left? He at tears all his, crypto? his he tears his ACL in the Super Bowl, and now he's not with a team. He's just a free agent. He's out there. He's with the Rams during their ring ceremony. Then he's talking about Bills Mafia. Then I just saw a TikTok of him on a plane using a five hour energy filled with vodka to spike his orange juice. Ooh, what is God. going on with that guy? Hmm. Is he okay? No. I don't think he's ever been okay. I know. <laughs> yeah. Since the whole boat incident, I don't think he's been okay. That or the kicking net yeah, hitting him in the head. Yeah, hit him in the head. Maybe that oh, would have done it. <laughs> well, knocked something loose. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I can't. Uh, yeah. I, I can't speculate, but obviously. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think this is Tom Brady's last year? It has to be. I was gonna say. I think. I think he was like, oh, maybe I got one left in the tank, and he was obviously with the extra day and all the rumors. Well, the uh, fact that someone so uber competitive has now said, uh, I need Wednesdays off. That tells me his heart is not in it. Yeah. I don't think that that's fair to say. Why? I don't think that's fair to say. He's never needed him before and he's been old. Yeah, but he's not this old, though. Have you seen him? Okay. He yeah, looks like a bag of bones. No, you've never. It's true. You've never been older than you are right now. And oh, that's God. true. But. I mean, Tom Brady's been an old NFL player for 10 years now. You're going to send Evan into an existential crisis because his birthday's on Wednesday. He's going to start panicking right now. Do yeah. I need to take Wednesdays off? <laughs> Maybe you should ask Veteran rest. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone this week at your workplace, ask your boss. If you've been there for, let's say, I don't know, three months or five years, <laughs> just say, I need veteran rest. 
every Wednesday and see what they say. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was really surprised at the shape that Tom Brady came into when he was at camp and the first game. And I think we're actually see him hit his physical limit. He might you get think, hurt this year. You think this is the year father time? Pulls the ultimate comeback. Him. Yeah. Because <laughs> let's say I mean, he's, down, revenge. he's down way worse 28 to 3. Okay. Because yeah. father time's been ticking for uh, God. Like I said, 10 years now. Like last, like up until this year, I was not afraid of him getting hit. And then when we were watching that Cowboys game, I'm like, stop. <laughs> he's an old man. Like he can't Don't help break himself. his brittle bones. Yeah. No, he knows how to fall. He, he knows how to keep his he body pliable. Yeah, but that was before he had rheumatoid arthritis. I don't know. I something's amok, and it's just so weird that all of these things are happening at the same time. And maybe it's us reading too much into it, and like, so maybe not, it's just the news cycle blowing up a Tom Brady story, right? Like, not every Tom Brady story, just like not every Tiger Woods story, was something to look into, you know, in years past. But like, someone so high profile, we're going to hear every little thing about him. Right. And especially when he had retired, like right. uh, now every single thing that comes up is going to be like, oh, see, this is the this is the oh, this Strong. is all wind up to his retirement or this is probably why you blah, blah, blah. Like, I think it's going to be reading into all this stuff around retirement for a while. If but. it was truly to be Tom Brady's last year, wouldn't Jerry Jones have given him a gift of some sort, some sort of farewell tour? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think Jerry Jones put this on the poll. Is Jerry Jones respectful of a farewell tour? Yes or no? Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't I mean, I don't know. Clearly not. If he's not giving Tom a gift. He barely gave Dak a, a, a see you later on like the radio when he got hurt this year. Fair. Is Dak Prescott officially injury prone? Yes. Thank God. Yes. I, I think he had. Been. Suck it. Put Cowboys that on the fans. poll. Is Dak Prescott injury prone? Yes or no? I think so. Uh, I guess we're we're good for one segment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is Jerry Jones respectful of it? What was it? Is Jerry Jones respectful of a farewell tour? Thank yes you. or no? Uh, and I can't wait for Jerry Jones's farewell tour. That's another. Point. I think it's going to be a funeral procession <laughs> when he's. Going. They're going to have to drag his body out I'm of there. Not kidding. <laughs> I'll be sad when he dies. Uh, when we return, we will talk some college football as well as some basketball. Oh, Evan. Mm. In the rough again? You need a new way to set up and track your shots. Introducing Bogey Buster, the all-encompassing golf app that lets you see the course like you've never seen before. Using any phone's camera, you can see the exact path that your ball takes on each and every shot, giving you real-time feedback so you can make quick adjustments. Having trouble seeing the green? Use the contour map feature to see exactly how your ball's gonna roll. Need to see distance to the pin? Our GPS supported feature allows you to see exactly how far you are from the hole and gives you a recommendation on what club to use. You can also look back and track your improvement by seeing all of your past scorecards. Bogey Buster is already supported at thousands of courses throughout the U.S. and is growing every day. It is truly an all-in-one golf tool. Download Bogey Buster and start knocking shots off your game today. And now for your headline huddle. 
Arsenal's 15-year-old Ethan Waneri became the youngest player to ever appear in the British Premier League when he was subbed in the 90th minute of a 3-0 victory over Brentford this weekend. The previous record was held by Liverpool's Harvey Elliott, who was 16. Atlanta Braves second baseman Ozzie Albies broke his right pinky finger against the Phillies on a slide into second base this weekend. The Braves are hopeful to get him back in time for the playoffs. And finally, an Albany County official has been dealing with an invasion of unpatriotic raccoons in his home. After repeated entry by raccoons, Sam Fine caught one of the raccoons in a cabinet with his American flag, which had been pooped on. So on the subject of uh, Star Spangled Banner and National Anthems, how's that? Back to you, Evan and Silas. Trash pandas. <laughs> it's not just Star uh, Star Spangled, it's uh, Poop Spangled, sounds Poop like. Poop Spangled Banner. <laughs> it is, it's quite Francis literally. Scott Key didn't want that. Spangled would have been better, just for whatever yeah. that's worth. Fair. Rolls off the tongue a little yeah, better. It does. How does a 15-year-old get started in a professional soccer Well, game? he didn't get started. He got subbed, but he was in Okay, one. whatever. Still, that's insane. Yeah, what were you doing when you were 15? <sighs> it wasn't in the British Premier League, yeah, I'll tell you that. Was... Are you sure? I thought I saw you. I'm positive. That's uh, crazy. Evan. Yes. After what you've seen so far this weekend, you were very like quick to say when we were covering baseball, that you would rather see the Braves in the playoffs. Mm. Do you feel the same way after seeing the Braves for two games? Uh, I would like to walk that statement back. Oh, uh, <laughs> I thought I'd the see Mets. today. They are. I don't know, man. I'm getting more worried about our chances here. They're not. I think we're going to get swept. Probably. Probably. I mean, so what's the problem? Genuinely, why do we keep doing this every freaking year? I what is the issue? There's no difference between playing a baseball game in September and playing a baseball game in June. Here's the thing. July. Sorry. Aaron Nola. Good pitcher. Ranger Suarez has been a good pitcher. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But when you have to go up against Max Freed or no uh, uh, Jacob deGrom uh, Max Scherzer like those guys are better than anything you could throw. Like, maybe Zach Wheeler, but he's hurt, so we don't know how he's going to come back. Like, no matter what, we will have the disadvantage in starting pitching. So that's right off the bat. Before you even get to the stadium, we're at a disadvantage. What you should make up with that is offense. And far too often, this lineup of... Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins and all these guys that were brought JT Realmuto, like these guys that were brought in specifically to hit the ball and to out hit your opponent, they have just as big a problem with those Jacob DeGroms, yep. Max Scherzer as the rookies. And sometimes the rookies end up having a better game because they don't they just They're not are, so in their heads about it. Exactly. Yeah. They just, you know, go up there and start hacking. So when that's the case, uh, when you're relying on your offense to maybe support uh, a lesser pitcher, it, it, I mean, especially in this series so far, because we've lost, I think we've scored a total of what, three or four runs? Uh, what was the score last night? Four to three. So I guess five. Five, five runs. Yeah. So like, not great. Five runs is not going to win you a playoff series uh, if that's how you're scoring. Unless you're unless you're getting the most stellar starting pitching you've ever seen, mm-hmm. so that's I think the problem. 
I don't know, man. It just I, I'm looking back at like the entire season's worth of results, and I think we were duped. We haven't beat a good team. I like, mean, we're going on ten win streaks against like bums. Yeah, the Pirates. Washington, the Nationals, Los Angeles, which Angels. is a good sign because we used to yeah, true. be able to compete with the good teams and we would just get disappointed by not being able to beat the bad teams. Now we're able to beat the bad teams, but we're incapable of competing with the good teams. The last the last like good series I would say we had was against San Diego in San Diego when we won three, three to one, three. Yeah, three of four. Yeah. Yep. And then we also did that. At the Dodgers. I was just going to say, we <laughs> did that against the Dodgers. But, but like when, when you look at where we are, we're, there's no chance in hell we're getting that first wild card. There's just no, no chance. So no. that leaves two or three. Of those, would you rather play the Cardinals or would you rather play the Mets or the Braves? I'd rather play the Cardinals. Exactly. Oh, so now saying. we're in a position where we want to be in that third to so the final wild card spot so that we have to play the Cardinals because I, I don't want the, like, the worst thing, and I've said it all year, the worst thing that we could do is break the playoff streak and immediately get dismissed by one of our division rivals. Mm-hmm. And it looks increasingly likely that that is what's going to happen because with Fernando Tatis getting suspended, uh, the Padres have kind of slipped a little bit. They are now, I would say, solidly, uh, in that third wild card, and we're looking solidly in the second. But now with these games coming up against the Braves, I don't know what's going to happen. Am I reading this right? That we're only a half a game back from the Braves in the wild card seedings? No, no, no. We I believe we are over eight games out. Is it ten and a half back? Correct. They are ninety and fifty-five, and we are eighty and fifty-five, sixty-five. Correct. Got it. Okay. So we're ten games out of that first wild card spot. And I see we're a half a game ahead of the Padres. Correct. The, yes. Sorry. Looks so like it thing. would I, I, I hate to do it this way because it never works out where the team that kind of decides their own fate of like, do we want the buy? Do we not want the buy? Do we you know want to play this team or do we want to play this team? S- historically, so the teams that do that end up losing in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not in our best interest, but looking at the games we've played recently against the Mets and the Braves. I want no part of that. I want the feel good. Maybe we get away with a series win against the Cardinals. But again, I, I don't know what happens. Yeah, we'll see. Five thirty eight uh, still has a seventy nine percent to make the playoffs now. It's dropped a little now. It was ninety six before yeah. this weekend. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Last time I checked, it was like sixty six, and I was like, oh, oh. improvement. Yep. yep. I haven't been checking every day. So. Well, when we get swept by these teams, I mean, it's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Uh. Speaking of teams that just get blown out, uh, every team that Evans Michigan Wolverines play on a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, what was the score this week, Evan? 59 to zero for those playing at home. Think it gets boring for them. Yes. It's boring for me. It has to. It's not fun when there's not like, you don't have to work that hard for it. You're probably not thinking that hard. Not to say that they're not working hard for it. I, I think they are working hard, but it's just so easy. Do you think when their they defense it. is working hard? I feel like their defense must be working hard. I don't feel like their offense is working hard. They're able to make mental errors without it costing them as much as it would against a, you know, power five school. Sure. Well, I guess, well, no, UConn wasn't a power five school. They're a 
technically the American Conference. So does Tua have a brother? Yes, Tua Leah. He plays for Maryland. Okay, well we play him next week. There you go. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, just like looking at the preview, it was like T. Tunga Bailoa. I was like, <laughs> you go back. <laughs> <laughs> he wishes. Yeah. Oh, sure, well. True. I wish. Yeah. Also true. <laughs> never loses to my team. Uh, but that being said, Evan's team never loses. Yeah. Uh, another team that apparently never loses is App State. They're two and one. Welcome. Oh, are they, they lost? Yeah. Who did they lose to in the first week? Uh, good question. Oh, they lost to North Carolina. That's right. But they played one of the most amazing games I've ever seen. It I mean, 63 to 61. 63 so. <laughs> 61 in that game. Come Barn on. Burner. App State, one of the most exciting teams in college football right Welcome. now. Welcome. Uh, last week, they upset uh, Texas A&M, Texas A&M in, uh, in College Station, which was a, one of the best games of the week, if not the best game of the week. Yes. Uh, for that reason. It was up there with the Marshall Notre Dame upset. But that was... That we know App State has arrived, okay? Because sixty-three, sixty-one, that could be anybody, fluke kind of thing. They lost on a two-point conversion, which is soul-crushing. But uh, and then they come in, upset Texas A&M this week. They had Troy, so again, not like a high-profile team in any way. But what do they follow up that upset win with? A fifty-three-yard hail mary win. Come on, yeah. I, I, it was a good Hail Mary, too. It got deflected, and then a guy caught it and ran it in. Like, Come on. I, that is... And yet... Go ahead. Still not ranked. Why is that? Oh, you want to talk about rankings? Let's, I hate college football rankings. I take you it's to so 25th stupid. ranked Oregon versus 13th ranked BYU, 12th ranked BYU. Uh, mm-hmm. That game wasn't even competitive. 41 to 20. 40, uh, it was worse than that when I saw it. It was like 38 to 7 or yeah. something. Meanwhile, you have Washington... Who was two and zero going it playing against Michigan State and beat them thirty nine to twenty eight? Come on, I, it doesn't matter. The rankings uh, are are pretty rough, and I don't think that a BYU, um, and I, sometimes I think this way about Notre Dame as well. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that they aren't in a conference plays to their disadvantage because they don't have to continuously keep up. Like the SEC has gotten so good. Because Alabama has been good. Because Georgia is constantly good. So now the Kentuckys have one of two choices. Get rolled over every year by those teams or start recruiting to a point where maybe we, we could pull, up, pull off an upset. And now they're the ninth-ranked team in the country. Mm. You know, So the SEC, same thing with like South Carolina and all of these other SEC teams. They are raised by the level of competition. And I think the fact that Notre Dame gets to pick their schedule, well, everyone picks their schedule, but the fact that they (laughs) get to pick their schedule with who they want, uh, you know, depending on conferences and stuff and BYU is the same way, you're doing yourself a disservice because the Oregon Ducks have to keep up with the best of the Pac-12. But as soon as, you know, BYU comes in, they're going to destroy them, even though they're ranked higher. So I I think those independent teams kind of, have a disadvantage sometimes. Mm. I just want you to remember that I told you last week that the Sun Belt games were going to be. That, that <laughs> she was did. where the action was going to be. Sydney was on the Sun Belt hype before we were. So Absolute good on baby, you. Baby, I was sure. all over that. But uh, Marshall plays Troy next week. That's their next game, so we'll see how that goes. And Rough. we're looking ahead to a Marshall App State matchup. I'm actually getting excited about it. That Rough. will be a game I watch this year. So 
what okay because we talked about it last week on the podcast of just college football being so lopsided i thought it would be fun to highlight every week what the most lopsided victory was oh that's a great idea so what was was, what was this week's most lopsided victory michigan is a a win by 59 points (laughs) and anyone beat that (laughs) anybody in the ohio state pretty close 77 to 21 Alabama was 63 to 7, 77-21. <laughs> this is horrible. 63 to 7 again in a different game. What 63 to 6. Uh, we're getting closer. Getting close. But that, a that's a 59. Yeah, so it looks so like this is 59 just the top 25. points is the largest margin of victory. Wow. wow. So we'll start keeping a tally. That's yeah. a great idea. Uh, go, actually, Sydney. Yeah. I'll give you this job while we talk about... Uh, well, no, we're going to talk about some other. Well, no, okay. So, Sydney, <laughs> I'll give you this job. Go find who the first couple lopsided victories were, okay. and we'll keep a tally of who's, you know, the leader. I think it's Michigan. <laughs> Probably. 51 to 7, 56 to 10, 59 to 0. Unbelievable. 50 point <laughs> margins every game so far. Uh, Evan, did you Maybe see? Maybe it's because I'm a fan. I know you're a fan of collectibles. I am. And I know you're a fan of auctions. Yes. Did you see the thing about the collectible auction? I did. I did see <laughs> this. I have a friend at work who's also into like collectible sports memorabilia, which is yeah. funny because he's not into sports at all. Just yeah. the things, not the activity. Um, but yeah, the Michael Jordan jersey from so, the 98 finals. 1998 Michael Jordan jersey worn against the Utah, Utah Jazz. Jazz. Game one. Game one. Yes. So yeah. not a clinching game, but one of the... Uh, most important games of Michael Jordan's illustrious career, uh, just sold at auction for $10.1 million. I think that's actually kind of low. It's the highest price for a piece of sports memorabilia ever sold. It's it's crazy, and it's only going to go up. I'm trying to... I want to see what the box score was for that game. (laughs) I want to see how many points were in that jersey, man. (laughs) How many points can you shake out of it? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Michael Jordan had 33 points. Okay. Here's my question, though. Is a jersey like that uh, worn by a professional athlete uh, that has now been stewing for... It was a loss, by the way. A loss, yes. Uh, <laughs> that has now been stewing for 24 years. Uh, that can't smell good. It's probably in sealed glass. Like, you're not going to smell it. Don't worry about it. That's the least of your worries is spending $10 million on a jersey. Here's the real question. Do they wash it? No. They immediately pack it up after the game and just seal it. It's hard because that's like the end of Michael Jordan's career. So everything he touches is literal gold. It's true. Like probably in the 80s, they were just like, we're going to throw it away, clean it up. We'll make another one for next game. Right. But it's a finals jersey owned by Michael Jordan in his last finals. Someone definitely is like, give me that. I'm putting it in a box. We're never seeing it for 20 years. I understand the the wanting of a game-worn jersey. That is cool to me. But the fact that you wouldn't wash it weirds me out a little bit. Mm. Now, it's one thing if it's uh, you know a baseball jersey or a football jersey that might have a grass stain or you know an infield dirt stain on it. Uh, so it gives it a little character. But... I mean, a basketball jersey, unless it has like a tear in it or something, yeah. is just going to look like a basketball jersey. So wouldn't you just go ahead and wash it? Maybe. Or do those 33 points come out? They in, come out in the, the wash. In the dry cycle. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, 
I wish I could. I'll look that up and uh, get back to you on it. If they wash like game worn jerseys, or do you keep it? <laughs> Sydney, I know you're working on a project back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you get time, put it on the poll. Uh, does 30 minutes in a washing machine take out all? What, what do we? What do we would say? Okay, this says in most cases jerseys are washed immediately after the game. There you go. So. Those points are no longer there. Yeah. So those They're points have already spirit. been shaken out. They're there uh, in spirit. Put it on the poll. Does a washing machine shake out playoff points? Yes or no? Yeah. Um, when this was auctioned, though, it was on a mannequin in a sealed case. A mannequin, though? Yeah. Like, it was a black box with a mannequin sticking inside of it and gotcha. then a square of glass around it. Interesting. Yeah. But $10 million. Yeah. but uh, That's crazy. Since we're in collection corner... Oh yeah, I had a few uh, additions to my collection. I have a. Uh, I'm now the proud owner of a signed Mike Schmidt ball, which is pretty cool, baseball. And then other, the other thing is a signed Shack ball oh, that my dad got me. Nice. Yeah. So when I someday when I have a big beautiful office with a <laughs> with a bookshelf, I'll put it in there under the lights. There you go. It looks great. Um. After the break. We will talk football. We will get picks for next week. uh, And we will spin the wheel. Hey, sports fans. Are you sick of getting dogged by other sports books? Need something different and exciting to bet on? Well, introducing MyVetBet, the only sports book that doesn't monkey with your money. With thousands of prop bets across all your favorite sports, from horse racing to dog shows, fishing and more, you'll never run out of things to bet on. And with our new Ask a Vet feature, you can ask the advice of a real licensed veterinarian and what their thoughts are on the competitors. So you can have the confidence that you're making a great bet every time. My Vet Bet, where there is always a bonus for betting the underdog. We're offering $100 in free bets with promo code NEUTER. Our betting is no bull. So join us at MyVetBet and leave those other sports books to the wolves. And we're back with the Retro Waterboys podcast. Now, in the last segment, I wanted to hit on this NBA point, um, which was that it's the biggest story, I, I would say, of the NBA offseason. Um, the Suns owner director of basketball operations gm what he's the owner he's the owner he's the owner of the suns and the mercury for the wmba so this owner has been accused of creating a hostile work environment um some harassment cases have been uh levied against him and in all of this the nba was investigating uh, and has finally come up with a punishment i guess for him and that is a year's ban uh from all activities regarding the team and also a $10 million fine to be paid to the NBA. So all of that to be said, that was the news this week. Uh, And, you know, you'd think people would kind of be happy to hear punishment like that, but it's been interesting to watch this unfold because between players, between fans, between, uh, you know, supporters and sponsors of the team's that he owns have all kind of been a united front in saying this is not enough. This person 
given the allegations, does not deserve a spot in the sport uh, and should not be able to own the team anymore. So this was going to be my question to you earlier. Um, and this is just my ignorance, but how does that like, how does that actually work? Can you out an owner like that? Like, can you force them out of a position if they own a team? Uh, yes, you can force them to sell the team. Um, who, and, who controls that? Would it be like well, before, the NBA? Or, the like, only time I've seen it happen was Donald Sterling with the Clippers. When he was forced to sell the Clippers, he was caught uh, saying some really heinous things um, about minority groups of people. And he was forced to sell the team by the commissioner at the time. Um, okay, and, so it came from the commissioner. Correct. But also through popular opinion and, sure. and you know, just other pressure by sponsors and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, stockholders in the team. So that happened. Uh, and and it's, it's a really horrible way to do it because in the end, what you're doing is, hey, can you just cash out on that asset you've been holding on? Mm-hmm. You know, so for the Suns, they were probably not worth nearly as much as they would be now because they're a contender now. Um, so if you force this owner to sell the team, all you're saying is, hey, when your stock is at the highest, could you, we're forcing you to sell it. Um, so Donald Sterling ended up getting like $2 billion for the Clippers oh my God. when he sold it. Um, and now Steve Ballmer is their owner. So something similar is being pushed, um, but it's amazing to see such a unified front on like every angle of this, um, other owners are saying, yeah, we don't want this guy. Mm. Um, players of the teams he owns are saying, we don't want this guy. Um, PayPal, who is the Jersey sticker for the Suns, they're saying we're not going to renew our contract until this guy no longer is with the team. So, wow. okay. I mean, you're getting it from every angle and it's all kind of coming to fruition. Unfortunately, Adam Silver this week in a press conference said, I don't have the power to force him to give up the team. Um, so that's something that he is event- eventually going to have to decide. Is me being here costing the team money? Uh, and I think the answer to that will un- like unabashedly be yes. Yeah. Losing your, your jersey sponsor is massive. Jersey sponsor, you could have you know players sit out. And if it's somebody as high profile, I mentioned uh, Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who has tweeted about it. Um, if it's someone as high profile as Chris Paul, you stand to lose money on ticket sales. You stand to lose money on just general revenue. Nobody wants going to want to see the product you're putting out if it's not you know, the best it can be. Mm. So I think in the end, he will eventually have to sell this team. But I, I applaud the NBA, the WNBA, and just how uniform uh, this pressure seems to be getting at this owner. And I mean, I've seen several articles about how this kind of problem has no place in basketball. Um, and at every instance, this has to be kind of snuffed out. So applaud that effort in uh, in Phoenix and elsewhere. Um, but yeah, so we'll see what happens. We'll keep you updated on that situation. But uh, in the meantime, we can't update you on what our picks were from last week because we've yet to see any games recording mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Uh, so we'll have to do that next week, but we can still give you picks for the week after. Before any of that happens, Evan has to pick a wheel. Mm, I'm picking a wheel. Let's go uh, Special Olympics. We're sitting right on them. And 
Let's go. National parks. Orange and blue this week. It's the Children's Miracle Network. Unfortunately, I am a loser. <laughs> Don't sound so uh, upset to give the Children's Miracle Network some money. I mean, that's as much as I love donating. Winning just feels so much better. The what? taste of He's winning. doing it for all the, the wrong reasons. No, put it on the poll. What feels better, winning or donating? Absolutely, winning. <laughs> it's funny. Me and my dad were talking about this yesterday. Um, uh, this the, exact scenario, the, kind of. Well, now the um that. He was reading a thing that a lot of people, when they win the 50-50, they feel guilty and give the money back. That's normal. It's not a guilt thing. I think it's like the societal expectation is you donate at least half of it. They already got half of it. Screw you, man. I'm taking it. This ain't no 75-25. It's a 50-50. Yeah, exactly. I am. I'll I'll hand, you know, hold hands with that charity all the way out to the bank. Okay. And we'll both cash a check. That's right. 50-50. Come on. I did it for you, and now you're doing it for me. Let's go on. Yeah. It's all going to a good cause anyway. Either my <laughs> pocket or that charity. So yeah, your pocket's not a good cause. Oh, I should put that on the wheel. Silas's pockets. Oh my god, that's such a good idea. And just to have it hit there every. Can week. I have a pocket slot also? <laughs> City's pockets. Well, we, yeah, we all have a pocket spot. <laughs> no, not you. Do we have spaces on the wheel? Do we have spaces on the wheel? We can get rid of free parking. Win and spin again two times. Yeah, yeah. and spinner's choice. Uh, so that's good. enough Three. pocket slots. This is go. good. All right. Next week, updated wheel. <laughs> We're updating the wheel with pocket slots. Everybody's going to have to donate money to whoever it lands on. <laughs> uh, picks for last week. I don't even know who I'm cheering for this week. Uh, I kind of yeah, forgot. I'll try pull it up. I forget um, too. What happened? I think I picked the Giants. Oof. Why would you do that? Or did I pick against the Giants? I know th- it was that game. I just don't know what my. Did I pick on. Colts? Who did I pick? I'm working Ravens? on it. I'm working on it. You picked. Silas, you took the Ravens. Minus what? Minus three. All right. Yeah, I three and a half. I took maybe. the Bengals plus three, and that was before the injury. So I think I can cash out on that. <clears> right I took now. the Panthers plus three and a half against the Giants. All right. So there you go. That's who we'll be cheering for this week. But obviously next week, uh, we will give you the picks for that as well because we, again, are ahead of the game. This we're week. kind of in a – yeah, we're like can't quite review last week. Looking a week ahead, it's a. But by it's week eight, little... we're gonna we're gonna have records. It's gonna be fine. No, yeah. So Evan, who do you have next week in the upcoming games? Because this is gonna air Saturday. So the upcoming Sunday games, who do you have? Yes, uh, I'm taking the Bills minus two and a half against Miami. Miami, quote unquote, looks good, but Tua sucks. And I'm taking Buffalo to win that by a greater margin than two and a half. By at least a field goal. Yep. Uh, I would have to agree with that pick. I don't necessarily have faith in the Dolphins. But anyway, uh, I will be taking this is a this is a barn burner of a game. This is going to be the one everyone America's game of the week, if you will. I don't think so. Uh, Houston Texans versus Chicago Bears. Just, I mean, two teams you want to have uh, playing in prime time. Are they in prime time? Absolutely not. If the NFL puts this in prime time, I am protesting the NFL. Are they at one o'clock? I don't believe you for a minute. I'm taking the Texans plus five. I liked how they played in week one. Again, I haven't seen them in week two yet, but I liked how they played week one against the Colts, a team that most people would agree are above average. Um, So they tied the Colts in week one. I liked how they played. Now the Bears, they upset the 49ers in week one as well. Um, I just 
think at the end of the day, they're going to show their true colors. I don't think that roster is as good uh, as they played. So I'm going to take the Texans to at least cover uh, five points. It is a one o'clock game. Thank God. So I had picked the Bears to uh, cover five against the Texans before you put your pick in. And I think um, I'm counting fully on the atmosphere at that first Bears game, how much fun they were having. Um, I love that. I feel like that makes a difference. So they seem like they're gelling well and having a lot of fun playing. And I think that that could, uh, I don't know, serve them well. I like that. It's Absolutely. Fun to watch. If you're having fun, you're you're doing something right. Yeah. You know. Did you see him like sliding around in the puddles? <laughs> well, that's the other. Th- I mean, the grounds crew wasn't having fun, but the players certainly were having a field day. Justin Field Day. Evan. Oh man. No. Put that on a t shirt. That's good. That's good. They have one of the most expensive uh tickets for that week too. As low as one eighteen. One dollar and eighteen cents? No, a hundred dollars and eighteen dollars. Oh. I don't think I would pay a dollar to watch that game. Texans Bears. I don't think Ooh. you should pay a dollar to watch that game. Disgusting. Let's get out of uh, here. <laughs> we will see you in episode seventy six to review these picks. The Red Shirt Waterboys podcast. Need a refill? Listen to past shows by subscribing to our podcast feed. Stay in the loop by following us on social media. On Twitter, at redshirt underscore pod. On Instagram, redshirt underscore waterboys. Or just email us at redshirtwaterboys at gmail.com.